Hello, everyone. Welcome to 16 Minutes Spill. This is our second book review episode. I've been so excited to get this recorded um, here with my bestie, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Okay, guys. So, Sarah, <laughs> I can't keep up with you, dude. Like, I told you we were starting a book club and I was excited to start reading together. Little did I know that she would become like, a human um I don't know book machine like she's just been speeding through all these books I'm like I'm thinking about this one read it I'm like okay what about this one done loved it and I'm just like gosh like I'm running out of options here so I did she did finish it ends with us like way before I did um what did you think of it Sarah I mean honestly it was my first Colleen Hoover book Okay. And I was obsessed with it. Like I was immediately like hooked, which like after I finished it ends with us, I started Verity and that was like a whole other like thriller in itself. So I'm like a five out of five for Colleen Hoover right now. She's probably up there with some of my favorite artists, okay. artists authors. <laughs> yeah. Same thing kind of right. Cause books are definitely a work of art. Um, the only other Colleen Hoover book that I've read is regretting you. Um, and this is for another book club that I was a part of and I really enjoyed it. And it was a little, um, a, a lot more innocence to it. This one was a little more, you know, detailed, slightly more like graphic, nothing compared to our last book that we read, which is things we never got over, um, but still had that little sexual aspect to it. Um, and I know you read Verity and I'm so back and forth, like so many people have read it and they tell me to cover it and I'm like, oh, but you guys already read it. So like, do I do it? Do I not? But I'm starting to think like, I really need to read it. Um, and yeah, I think people are very much like either a hundred percent love Colleen Hoover or think she's hyped up, like overrated. Um, but so far, so good. I'm enjoying her books that I've read as well. And let's give our little ratings for It Ends With Us. Where, what would you, what would your rating be on a scale of one to 10? Definitely a 10. You think so? Okay. Well, yeah, don't, don't sway my answer, but I, I know, no, I do. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I definitely, um, the plot, the story, you know, I think reading the ending, you just asked me, like, did you read the post credits and stuff? Like I did. And I think knowing that there was so much personal, I think it's safe to assume every time you read a book, like, oh, so this person must have gone through something similarly, like not all the time. And like this book was one of, I think I read an article saying that it's probably her only book that she's written that was similar to something she went through in her life. And so I thought that that added, you know, a lot of like meaning and like, it made the book a little more special. Um, because she herself, like I said, ex experienced, um, some domestic violence and abuse throughout her life. Um, Another thing I do, I think I mentioned it before, I don't really like to know too much about a book. If, if the reviews are good, it has a lot of stars, like a best-selling type of book. Like I'll just dive in like blindly and hoping to kind of just like, I, I enjoy doing that. I I'm kind of the same way with movies. Like I don't really want, I feel like sometimes when you watch a preview, it's like, if you watch the whole movie and it like takes away the special parts. So I kind of did that with this one. I didn't know what to expect. And just by the title itself, I, I, I wasn't sure. Like, what about you? What did you think of the title and like how the book ended overall? Do you think it was fitting? I mean, I definitely with the, you know, with the end quote that she had mentioned, I mean, without going too much detail into the book, since we're just getting started, but 
Um, I, I too didn't really know what I was reading. I just kind of jumped on the TikTok hype. You know, it ends with us, like you got to read it. So it's so good. And so I didn't really know what to expect, but like, I mean, five chapters and I was already like, okay, this is great. Like I need to finish this stat because I need to know what this, you know, what the title means. And so you kind of uncover that as you're reading through the book. And then at the end, it just kind of pieces all together. Right. Yes, it does. And so obviously when we do these book review episodes, we're expecting the people who are listening will have already read the book or don't mind being, you know, the spoilers because you plan to read it or, I mean, obviously you're listening for a reason. So we're just going to go ahead and like give a little brief summary about what the book is about. Um, the book is about a girl named Lily Bloom, who it starts off with her. Um, she just attended her father's funeral and in the beginning, you know, the way she describes him, it's really obvious that she didn't have like the best relationship with her dad. Um, and it's not until later that we learn why. Um, but she's just like in a really like vulnerable state in her life. She just moved away from home. She's grew up in Maine. She's now living in Boston, venturing out on her own. Her dad just died. Um, and she meets this guy on a rooftop while she's just up there like trying to have some space. Um, and his name is Ryle. Sarah and I laugh at like some of the names that some of these books have. Like, I know the last book wasn't, a uh, a Colleen Hoover book, but like we have our last character and, um, the other book, what was her name? Waylay. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. Waylay, Ryle, like, where do they come up with these names? Um, so I thought that was really funny, but anyway, the little brief, um, Summary about it ends with us says, sometimes it is the one who loves you who hurts you the most. Lily hasn't always had it easy, but that's never stopped her from working hard for the life she wants. She's come a long way from a small town in Maine where she grew up, gradu graduated from college, moved to Boston. And then it goes on and on about how, you know, she meets this guy, Ryle, has a past love. And so the story about Lily, um, a majority of her background is told through her reading old diaries that she owned, that she wrote. And in her diaries, it's kind of like these letters that she used to write to Ellen DeGeneres. Um, she doesn't actually know Ellen DeGeneres. She never had like a relationship with her. She was just obsessed with watching her show and like the comedic relief she would get from watching Ellen, like helped her escape her her life at home. Um, she grew up like in a really troubled household where her father was really abusive towards her mother and then eventually towards her as well. And so I thought that that was a cute way of like us looking back at, you know, her life, um, you know, through those letters that she'd write to Ellen. Did you think it was weird or what did you think? No, I, I thought it was really cute. I think especially like when she had started, the, these letters were written like in high school years and, you know, it would kind of just portray like the whole story. Like she'd come home from school, you know, put on the Ellen show and um, she meets Atlas um, during this time. And, you know, it kind of just pieces our whole relationship together. And it, it was just like, it was like a cute little dear diary, you know, moment throughout the whole book that just pieced their whole love story together. And I, I really enjoyed it. Sarah, did you have a diary when you were growing up? I did. I did. And, but I never like kept up with it. I mean, did you, I mean, I was more of like a letters to friends. Like I kept all the letters from oh my gosh. middle school from all my friends. I think they're still at my mom's house somewhere. It's so embarrassing. But I know. Oh my I, God. I, never I, diary. I wish I did. I've never been much of a, like a diary reader journal writer, another writer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I absolutely love writing. 
Um, me and my sister both were big diary girls. I would always read her diary and I too, I moved so much growing up. So like my stuff would always get lost, but I get so mortified when like my mom goes to like storage rooms that we have. And like, she's like, I found a whole box of letters. I'm like, burn it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Please stop. She'll like start digging through them, figuring out what a creep I was when I was growing up. But I absolutely love that. I feel like it's a really good outlet for, for teenagers, especially teenagers like Lily, who would, you know, obviously was going through really tough times at home. Um, and going back to Atlas, you mentioned Atlas. Atlas is her, I guess, first love. Right. And it's really funny because one of the first lines where she's talking about the eulogy that she gave at her father's funeral she she said she outs herself and says like yeah his daughter that slept with the homeless guy for the first time you know whatever I'm like a homeless guy and like you you hear that and it sounds so bad but like Atlas was such a little like he was just like the sweetest guy he was a child who also um I think came from an abusive home and was kind of like squatting at a random house in her neighborhood her na- her neighbor right like her neighbor's home yes yeah, like a vacant um, home next door Yeah. And so he, again, like escaped an abusive household and was like just living there trying to get by. Um, And she saw him struggling and like put the pieces together, figured out that he was homeless and like just started like helping him do laundry, would let him come over to shower, like, you know, when her parents weren't around. And it was just like so sweet. And I think like for her to be so young and have that much compassion, I think it had a lot to do with like what was going on at home. But I guess the thing is like, I feel like boys and girls are different. I feel like boys that are dealing with struggles at home and like being like abusive, uh, being abused or dealing with abused parents, like may lash out in a way of like being mean to kids at school. Like those are usually the bullies, you know, like the ones that have like a fucked up home life are like at school being fucked up to other people. I feel like girls tend to be a little different. And like, she was like an example of that. She was like, so kind and compassionate. Um, because it's like, I can't imagine myself being like 15, 16 and wanting to like help a homeless guy, you know, like that's so weird. And yeah. And I think like also being, I don't know, 15 or 16 and, you know, students on the bus would make fun of her. Like they would make fun of him. Like, Oh, like he stinks. Like, what are you doing with this guy? And I think that just kind of like provoked her more to just be this like helping hand to Atlas. And so, um, yeah, like definitely girls are different from boys. Cause I wouldn't really see a boy who's going through that much struggle, like show that much compassion to someone who's really needing help. Yeah. And exactly. And so I, I knew that she was obviously special and, you know, coming from our last book where like main character female, I wasn't really a huge fan of, I, this was so opposite. Like I was obsessed with Lily. I thought that she was so great and so kind and had such a good heart. Um, I was also really into the fact that she loved gardening because again, I don't know many high schoolers and uh, granted, I don't know, I'm assuming this took place like uh, 2000s I don't know early I'm not really sure when the timestamp was of like the book but um yeah she she gets really into gardening and then eventually since he's like spending a lot of time with her like he starts kind of helping her out and then they use like a few metaphors like in reference to like how plants are relatable to humans and there was one quote that I wanted to go over um and unfortunately when I look up the quotes it doesn't say who said it it just it addresses it gives credits to Colleen Hoover. Um, but I think it was both of them like kind of exchanging their thoughts on plants one day back in her yard. And 
there's a quote that says, we're just alike plants and humans. Plants need to be loved the right way in order to survive. So do humans. We rely on our parents from birth to love us enough to keep us alive. And if our parents show us the right kind of love, we turn out as better humans overall. But if we're neglected, we're neglected. We end up homeless and incapable of anything meaningful. So that was definitely Atlas, <clears throat> excuse me, that said that it was just like so devastating because I felt so bad for him as a character, like as a young boy, you know, having been neglected by his parents and then being able to have that like such, and obviously I know it's a book guys, but like having that kind of depth in understanding like life and, you know, how we need nurturing to grow up and like how they were able to like relate it to plants and gardening and stuff. I just really was so obsessed with their little moments like that together. And it was early in the book or when I started learning about the relationship where I swore she was going to like end up with him. But then along comes Ryle. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Did, did yeah because him? eventually Atlas um, ends up moving with an uncle. They lose touch. He joins the military and goes off and does his own thing. And then she finishes growing up. Um, and she ends up moving to Boston, whatever life happens. And then in Boston, she ends up meeting a guy named Ryle. What was your first impression of Ryle? I mean, you know me, I loved him. <laughs> like I wanted to love him the whole book. Like even after his first like encounter with Lily and I'm, you know, it's, this book is, you know, about domestic abuse. And so even after that, like, I wanted to forgive him. Like, that's how good the book was like, oh yeah. Like he's not going to do it again, but I loved him. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I would have totally, I, I, it's hard. Right. Cause it kind of just like takes through the stages of like domestic abuse, like accepting or, you know, forgiving and then like doing it again and again and again. But I, I really wanted to love him, but it wasn't toward, you know, till like the last encounter that they had that I just, oh my God, it, he just did it for me at that point. Yeah. So this guy starts off as just kind of this really smooth guy and it actually takes them a long time to get anywhere in the relationship. And obviously in order to know all the details, you'd have to read the book because we can't go through a play by play, but all you guys need to know if you haven't read it is that she meets him. They're kind of flirty. They kind of have some tension, but he's like this really attractive kind of guy that could get any girl. And to top it all off, he's a neurosurgeon <laughs> or I think he's in his residency or something like that. But anyway, he's a freaking surgeon. Okay. And he's like incredible. He's so smart. He has a sister who's married to like a super wealthy guy that like owns like a whole floor of the apartment building where he lives and he's just like overall like the perfect man you know and so she starts to slowly fall for him um she ends up taking a huge personal risk and like opens up a flower shop and there's a little bit of irony there since her name is lily bloom and he like encourages her it's like a really cutesy little like love story and she kind of ends up you know going on doing her own thing losing touch with him and then as fate would have it they end up crossing paths again because she ends up meeting his sister and obviously like he comes back into the picture it's kind of like of course that happened but anyway to make a long story short they ultimately end up together sex sounds amazing their relationship sounds amazing and it isn't until one night um there's like some kind of accident in the kitchen and he injures his hand and I guess you know it, they were kind of laughed. yeah they were kind of tipsy and she kind of like laughed even though I guess in the moment like since he's a surgeon she didn't put two and two together like how that could impact like his career so I guess he ends up like just seeing red and like 
goes into like some kind of like angry fit rage and like ends up hitting her. Um, and so I think like she excuses the first time because like she understood, like she should have probably not laughed. I think that is something that a lot of abused partners have in common is like, they'll excuse it, you know, like if it's some, they'll try to find a way to like blame themselves, you know, and this was like a really good example. Like, obviously in that case, like, yeah, one could agree. Like it was kind of fucked up of her to laugh, you know, but in that moment she's drunk, you know, I think they were celebrating something like she's not thinking about, you know, that in the moment, it was just kind of like, it just all happened so fast. And I think that she was trying to convince herself like that he, you know, just overreacted and that it was kind of her fault. And I'm like, great. Of course, something had to be wrong with this man. Like now he's going to be an abusive piece of shit like her father was. Um, and ugh, it just made me feel so bad the first time. And then what was the second time that he ended up hitting her again? Was it where he pushed her down the stairs or? <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Okay, guys. So as the story starts to unfold, remember, we're learning bits and pieces about her past through her catching up on her diary. And I think eventually what happens is she ends up moving in with him. And so when she has all her things like at his new place, one of her diaries is there. And that's where it tells the story about her and Atlas, you know, and like how she did have sex with him and like have this great love with him. And he already knows about Atlas at this point, right? Because again, another huge surprise, they go to a restaurant and lo and behold, who's working there, Atlas is there. And so they already had like a run-in with him and she kind of told him it was nothing. And then he finds out it was in fact something. And I think a lot of, again, comparing to like real life relationships, everyone has skeletons in their closet. Every fucking buddy does, you know? And I think especially like as you're older, you're meeting someone like I feel like there is a certain level of privacy that we're each owed about our history or about our past, you know, as much as we're like, I feel like it's usually the girl that wants to know more about the guy. But in this case, Ryle was like really invasive, right? I mean, if he looked through her shit, he obviously was kind of possessive over her. Yeah. And I, and I like, think, yeah. Do you think it's because like in the beginning, Ryle was like, oh, like I'm not one to like to commit. Like, I don't want a family. I don't want marriage. I don't want kids. You know what I mean? And so maybe like he just fell hard for her because it kind of just made it seem like he was a little obsessed for her, like about her because I don't know if you recall, but like when his sister had like that birthday party or some party at the house and like he had that, 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 um, that, uh, that photo of Lily on, on his wall, oh, like yeah. a picture. So maybe there was some kind of like obsession over her that he's like always, I don't know, had this thing for her, but I, I can definitely see where he was you know, really controlling, obsessive over, over Lily. Yeah. And I think that, 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 like that in itself, you know, him refusing to like be open to like meeting someone or having a relationship, like you can use all the excuses in the book. Like, yeah, you don't want it to disrupt like with your career. You know, you don't want to start a family because your, your career is going to be your main focus, whatever, whatever. But I think like in a way that was kind of like a red flag, like in hindsight, cause it's like, okay, like maybe he was, maybe he knew himself, you know, and he was trying to like protect not only like his career because of the dark place he knows he goes like, you know, the people around him, whatever. Um, and eventually we come to find out that Ryle actually did suffer a really traumatic experience, like as a child. Um, and this was kind of shocking to me, but we end up finding out because his sister like starts to 
like become aware of the abuse that's taking place between Ryle and Lily. And so she convinces him to tell her the truth, which is that when he was a child, he got a hold of his father's gun and shot his brother. And um, they made it sound like they were alone in the basement for a while before any parents or any adults found out. So I guess he like shot him in the head. It's like really graphic, but I think they described him like trying to like piece his brother back together afterwards. So it was like a very traumatic experience that he went through. And I think his sister was too young to fully like grasp or remember. So she seemed relatively unaffected by it. But like Ryle, on the other hand, was extremely affected by it. And so his excuse for a lot of the times he would like go into a rage or like black out and not quote unquote, not remember what he did to her or like not, not wanting to take responsibility was that that experience was like affecting him and you know we were looking through a few questions like on a discussion board about this book and it says you know do you think that the event Ryle went through excuses his behavior like does it make you kind of empathize for him more and I don't know I guess my question is like why didn't anyone try and get him therapy you know what I mean like I mean and that's just an assumption it doesn't you know I don't know if he did or didn't Um, there was a very small part of me that was like you, Sarah, like, no, like give him another chance. Like he's been through some shit, you know, there was a small part of me that was like, why wouldn't she go and try and like seek help for him? Did you ever feel that way? I just thought like he, he had to know like, like how he was. I mean, the sister kind of like where, you know, when she found out it almost seemed like she wasn't surprised. Right. maybe it was like an enabler, like the family, like, oh, like Ryle's just been through shit, like making yeah. excuses for him. And like, I know she, you know, I think she also agreed that it wasn't okay, but it was almost like they were making excuses like, oh, but you really need to talk to him because, you know, he really needs to tell you about what happened or, you know, this story. And so, um, I mean, for him being a quote unquote neurosurgeon, like you would assume that he knew all the, you know, outlets of where to go to get help. And so, I mean, I, I didn't start, I mean, after the second time when he like pushed her down the stairs, I was like, okay, like, this is stupid. Like she needs to leave him. Yeah. But I also wasn't a big fan of Atlas, not just because I don't know, like in my head, the way I envisioned Atlas, it just didn't seem. He wasn't hot enough. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that crazy without like a photo? Like I just imagined I shared, uh, I don't know, maybe you'll share it on a story, but like I shared, um, with Iris, like a potential casting of, oh my gosh. of the book. And it, it was almost like to a T in my, in my, yes. Brain. Yes. Oh my God. And, um, for those of you who watched Jane, the Virgin, Justin Baldoni, Raphael, um, he's like into directing now and he has purchased and secured the rights to a movie for it ends with us. So I'm very excited. I hope that it ends up happening. And I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Um, but I a hundred percent agree with you, Sarah. And going back to like, I like to always kind of when books are semi-relatable to like real life, like me having known personally, several people that have been in abusive relationships, unfortunately, um, I think especially when culture plays a big role, like we're Hispanic. And I think that a lot of excuses and enabling do take place in our specific culture of like Mexican-American culture, where I feel like, again, therapy is not an option, you know, or wasn't in the past. Like people don't talk about things and it's kind of just everything gets swept under the rug. And like a lot of things are excusable. And I think women are just like supposed to just 
you know, tend to their man's needs and like, you know, push things aside. And it's like, no, what the fuck? No. Like I love and respect the fact that Lily took a stand for herself. And like, I almost like felt like her sometimes when I'd be reading, you know, I've never been in a situation like that where I've been abused, thank God. But I could feel her like wanting to give in because she loved him, you know, and just the way that Colleen wrote about like there was one time where he came back to the apartment and she's like, it's taking everything in me not to like run over there and hug my husband. And it sucks. Cause it's like nothing that she did. Like she didn't want this, you know, like, it's not like she, I mean, truly she didn't do anything to betray him. Like obviously Atlas held a special place in her heart and like in her past and like helping her become who she was. And I just, it, I wish so hard that he could just respect that, you know? And I think it's really eye-opening, like when you're reading that, like trying to gain perspective of like, again, being in a relationship with someone and respecting their history, you know, like for whatever reason, like if you're listening to this or if you read the book and if you've had some kind of vendetta against like your spouse or significant other because of who they've been with in the past or like them holding on to like memories from previous relationships, like those are all things that that means something to them, you know, and like have been a part of their story and their journey. And like, I just feel like everyone has a right to hold on to those things. I don't know, you know, if they feel it's necessary and like the magnet, like made me really sad. You know, there was a magnet, um, that Atlas had gifted, um, Lily and she obviously would take it everywhere with her. And it ended up coincidentally being the the name of the restaurant that he ends up opening. Cause you know, surprise he's not just the waiter at that restaurant he owns it he's like this freaking world-renowned chef now and like doing amazing things and so I don't know it was just like a really tough situation to watch from the outside and like know Lily's truth and see that she really wasn't doing anything bad and like you couldn't convince Ryle otherwise you know and so it was just kind of devastating to watch them fall apart all because Ryle didn't know how to like processes feelings or like hadn't gone to therapy to work through that or whatever. So yeah, there was a little part of me that was like, maybe this is fixable. Like maybe offer to go to therapy because then what happens? They get married and she ends up pregnant. How did you feel when you found out she was pregnant? Oh, I wanted to die because how she found out she was pregnant was like her worst, like abuse yet. I mean, that yeah. whole scenario, um, it was it the last straw when he found that was the magnet, right? Like when he found the magnet Yes. or were they drinking? I was trying to remember like how that whole all pieced together. He was drinking. And I think that was another pattern that she started to notice. And I think it was something that was familiar to her, like from her father. Um, she, you know, she, I think she learned her lesson, like after the incident with when he cut himself and all that happened and they were both like kind of drunk that night, she was like, you and I and drinking, like don't mix well, but like he would still drink, I guess. And, um, she was pregnant. So obviously she wasn't drinking that night. Well, actually, no, she didn't know yet. Right. She had no idea. Okay. Right. And so like he, he, he bit her like beyond like he bit her, right. He bit her and like, he forced himself on her. Like not like, in a sexy way, like in a painful way. Yeah. And like, he practically raped her at this point. Right. They, yeah. yeah. He, that's similar to what her dad did to her mom in yeah. like, the story back where his mom, like her dad raped his, his mom is her mom. And so she gets raped and she's like, she got bit. I think he hit her. Like, it was like a really, really bad, like, like abuse, like fight. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And so at this point, I guess he gets drunk he passes out and she calls Atlas 
and Atlas comes and like rescues her out. Like I was, weren't, were you like super nervous that he was going to like wake up? Like, oh my gosh. Yes. I feared the worst for Atlas. Honestly. I was like, oh my God, like what's going to happen here? Like Ryle's going to wake up, like find Lily, but no, like Atlas manages to get her out of the apartment. Like she could barely walk. He like carries her out of their apartment, goes to the hospital. She refuses to do a rape kit, right? Is yeah. Am I, yeah. Am I inventing all yeah. She, no, yeah. She refuses. Yeah. Okay. So she refuses, but then they mention that she, um, she's pregnant. I forgot like it was in some way that they told her that she was pregnant. And so Atlas was there by her side and then she doesn't want to stay to get medical help. And then she leaves. And so at this point she knows that she's pregnant and I can't recall at what point does she tell Ryle that she's pregnant. So or she has a hospital. I think they wanted to do like a scan on her and they're like, we try to avoid like doing scans um, on patients like you. Right. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, pregnant patients, whatever. And it's just like this moment where you can feel like the world stop. Like when she finds out, you know, cause like you said, she's just in like the worst possible situation you could imagine. Um, and honestly, I'm trying to think back of when she ends up telling it doesn't, doesn't it happen when like, there isn't like, there's a, uh, maybe the baby or I know Ryle's sister has an event and she has a, ba- a belly at this point. Yeah. Because remember, right? I guess Ryle, he goes ahead and removes himself from the situation, right? Like he goes to Europe to visit his family, his parents and tells her she can take over the, their home that, that they have together. And at that point, I think she's still staying with Atlas because she doesn't feel safe. And I think it isn't until, is it when he returns or at some, I I don't really remember guys, I'm sorry, but you know, at some point he finds out and he's obviously devastated and it's just so fucking sad. Like, I don't know. It made me feel so terrible. Like the way he had to miss out on the pregnancy and like, they didn't go away for like work. Right. Cause they were good. She wanted to stay in Boston. He wanted to move out of state. Yes. 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 Some internship or something. And so he's out of state. He says, Lily, look, you can have the house. Like it's yours. Like hopefully, you know, maybe I can come back and we can reconcile things, whatever the case might be. But, um, but she's pregnant at this point. I think the sister knows that she's pregnant. And so, cause she gave her like her maternity clothes. I think if you, Oh, yes. Yes. I wanted to be best friends with, um, the sister. Oh my God. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to be. (laughs) Oh my God. That's really fucked up. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) No, but doesn't she sound like the coolest friend? Like, like a sister, like she really, so that was another thing guys that made me really freaking sad that it was like the perfect little, like, it's so hard, you know, to find out to find a family that you fit right into and where you get along with everyone and it just feels right. And I feel like she really had that with, you know, Raul's sister and the brother-in-law and every, even the parents absolutely loved her. It was just one of those things that's like, of course, something had to go wrong and it just kind of broke my heart. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it all ended up working out. Um, I'm trying to see what else we can cover. Uh, What let's talk more about like a couple of the favorite quotes like what were some of your favorite quotes from the book I know you said one before um this was probably like my most favorite like when I was reading it and then I, I looked up like oh the popular quotes I'm like oh this is it but um mine was just because we didn't end up on the same wave doesn't mean we aren't still a part of the same ocean and that was um Lily 
talking about like her past with, you know, Atlas and how she, you know, is acknowledging that he's happy because she assumed that he had a girlfriend. I think he lied to her that he had a girlfriend when they first like uh, had their first encounter at the restaurant. But um, he later then admitted that there was nobody. And um, he also mentioned um, later in the book when I think after like she, he was like caring for her at, at home where he mentioned um, if in the future, if by some miracle you ever find yourself in the position to fall in love again, fall in love with me. And that's kind of where I fell in love with Atlas. Like maybe at the end where he kind of sounded more like hotter. So. You, you know, what's crazy though, is that like when you, when you showed me some of like the casting ideas, like I always imagine Ryle being like the hotter one, but like, as far as casting goes, like Atlas is looking pretty good. I think it was maybe me not being able to get over the fact that he like smelled bad in the beginning but I mean obviously poor kid he's homeless but um kind of going back to Lily as a person and everything like how much she just like exuded so much strength like as a woman and as a young woman like she's still young and like her self-control and her refusal to like let history repeat itself and like become her mother like was so respectable and I think like it's very encouraging for someone reading this who's in a situation like that or has been in a situation like that but in those moments like it's hard to find that amount of strength it really is and another thing I really respect about her is you know, still like allowing him to experience bits and pieces of the pregnancy from a distance and like guarding herself, but, but understanding that it, it's can be scary, you know, cause it's like, how do I know you're not going to be abusive towards our child or, you know, but she kind of really tried her best to like still include him. And I really like that she didn't make any final decisions about the marriage until after she had the baby. And she said like, I don't want my decision to be influenced by hormones, by the pregnancy, but she didn't let herself sway either. Or like she, I know me and in some of my most hormonal stages of pregnancy, I don't know who I was, you know, like, I think it really truly is difficult to make big decisions and, you know, have a normal functioning marriage when you're pregnant. So I was like, wow, like this girl, is not playing like she really is going to wait until she's clear-minded but damn I didn't expect her to do it at the hospital like girl <laughs> oh that's right I forgot. Like, is the placenta <laughs> out yet you're already asking for a divorce like what the fuck <laughs> honestly that moment kind of broke my heart because like I knew it was coming and like the baby's here and he's there like during the you know in the delivery room but I just couldn't imagine like that that that's like that scene really did break my heart I was like man like you really wanted, you were really rooting for them the whole time. And you were maybe like, by any chance, maybe he changed because of the baby. But then I thought like, oh my God, like if he's this abusive, he's going to abuse the baby. And so, um, you say you saw the moment coming. I truly didn't. I, and this all goes back to the title of the book. It ends with us along the way. I asked myself several times, okay, like what, what is this? What is the title referring to? What is the title referring to? Like, I always ask myself and at first I'm like, okay, it ends with us probably means she's going to end up with Atlas. And then I'm like, okay, it ends with us probably means she's going to end up with Ryle because the abuse is going to stop there. They're going to fix it. And I thought it was going to be more of an inspirational book towards like, you can overcome abuse. You know, I think a lot of people have dived into like overcoming infidelity, you know, overcoming addiction and overcoming other things that break up marriages, but I've never really seen couples overcome abuse. Like, do you really just stop? I think that being an abuser is somewhat of an addiction. You know, there is some kind of mental rewiring that needs to take place 
in order to break those cycles. And I think the crazy thing is I've had conversations like this with my mom where the same thing as cheating. Like, she's like, you know, a man can be a cheater towards one woman or treat one woman really badly, but like be a totally different person. I do think that certain relationships can, and will bring out the absolute worst in you. So a little part of me was like, is Raul going to move on and be happy with someone else and like never abuse again? Like, I don't know. I think it was that hold that Lily had over him where he was like, you said, like so obsessed and infatuated with her. Um, and yeah, like she is the one that broke the pattern of him not wanting to like date, marry, whatever. And though in the end, we end up with no answers as to whether Ryle moves on, whatever. All we do know in the end is that he is a, a fit father. You know, he does well. He kept his career. But yeah, there were so many things I respected about her not wanting to destroy his career. And I think that was coming from the mindset of like, this is now the father of my child. He's not just going to be my ex-husband, you know? So like, I respected that. I respected her waiting till after the baby again it was a little like you know abrupt like okay the baby's out I want a divorce like I wasn't expecting that but nevertheless like she did it and I think it was like I was like you Sarah so heartbroken over it but I knew it was what had to happen I just didn't think it was gonna happen my right my my theory was gonna that you know they were going to work it out and that the cycle of abuse was going to end in that marriage and they were going to overcome it, maybe go to therapy. I don't know anything. I just, that was like just my wishful thinking that the little family would stay together, but that's not what happened. Um, she asks for the divorce and then what happens in the end? How did you feel? Well, at the end, if you don't mind that I read like how it, how it ends with us comes, you know, it pieces it all together. It says my mother went through it. I went through it. I'll be damned if I allow my daughter to go through it. I kiss her on the forehead and make her a promise. It stops here with me and you. It ends with us. So I was like, oh, like, you know, she's a mom. Like, she, I just got chills. Like, I know, me too. I was like, okay, fuck Ryle. <laughs> no, yeah, it was so empowering and so beautiful. And the fact that, you know what it reminded me of? Like, you know, a Disney princess movie where you always think the knight in shining armor is going to come in and swoop and save the princess and everything's going to be all about that. And like, this is one of those books that's like, no, it's about her, you know, it's about her and it's about her doing what she needs to do for her child. And the title has nothing to do with any man that her father, not Ryle, not Atlas. It has to do with her putting a stop to the cycle of abuse and like putting in the, I just, oh my God, I loved it. I was obsessed. I thought that I just can't wait to see her in character and see who, you know, I just don't want to be disappointed again. We have all these expectations, but I thought it was absolutely beautiful. And then guys, the ending that we were all hoping for, there was a slight moment where I was like, don't fucking tell me they're just going to be co-parenting. Everything's going to be great. And that's it. We never are going to find out what happens with her and Atlas. And of course she ends up running into him <laughs> downtown or on her way to go drop off the baby with Ryle for the day. How did you feel when she ran into Atlas? Like, I, I knew it. Like, there, I guess, because at the end, how he was, like, he came and saved her. And then, like, that whole quote, like, if you ever, like, want to fall in love again, I hope it's with me kind of thing. And so I just thought it was cute. Like, I, I really, I'm glad it ended with Atlas. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where this is going to go, though, because um, the next book is coming out this coming month in October. Um, as far as like part two to this so I'm curious like okay the Atlas and Lily story is going to start but like Ryle has to come back you know do you think he's still going to be as like uh, an abuser um I mean who knows like what if he 
kills or I don't know. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. Now we have a baby and like Colleen Hoover's fucked up mind. Like it'll happen. I mean, if you Rarity shows that she has a complete twist in mind. So yeah. I haven't curious. seen that part of her. Like I haven't read that part of Colleen. Oh, Hoover. It, it was so fucked. Like it's so crazy. I, I can't even explain it. Like I, I hope we do cover it. If we don't like you and I just talk about it because it's one of those, like, how does someone even have like the mental capacity to create scenarios like that in their head? So, well, I did announce on, um, 60 minutes Phil's Instagram that I would like to choose some kind of like psychological thriller type for the month of October. Since like a spooky month, I didn't know if that one fell into that category. I'm probably going to take some polls, you know, me and I love taking polls. Um, but what I did want to share that I was really excited about, um, was, the book that I've selected for September. Um, and I've had, I've been really grateful that I've had a lot of like feedback and suggestions, but I saw this one and I just really wanted to read it. And I was like, I'll look more into it later. I remember hearing someone kind of raving about this book called luckiest girl alive by Jessica Knoll. And then I come across on Instagram, a preview that they're dropping a movie on Netflix at the end of September. And Mila Kunis is the main character. And I'm like, perfect. We can read the book. And it's not like right now it ends with us. We're just in talks about a movie coming. So we have to wait and be patient. This is perfect. Like we get to read it. Then we get to watch it. Then we get to chat about it. So I'm really excited. Um, so that you're listening to this, you'll have like a heads up. I'm probably going to announce it after I drop this. And after I finish, like it ends with us content and all that. But yeah, in the meantime, um, thank you so much, Sarah, for hopping on and discussing It Ends With Us. Um, I have some emails coming in. It's time for me to get to work, but <laughs> I had fun as usual. Um, and I can't wait to spill with you again. Thank you for having me on. I'm Thank you for like creating this like little book monster out of me because- I know. I have read so many good books and bad books. FYI, guys, do not trust Reese Witherspoon and her book club. She's full of shit. She delivers on movies. <laughs> yeah. But some of her books, I've heard the same thing. And it makes me wonder like, how deep is her involvement? Like she's doing so many things. Maybe you she must has not read the whole book or I don't know. Maybe she's like having someone read it to her or give her a synopsis, but it's yeah. The last book she chose was horrible. It, mm -hmm. it was like painful to finish. I just had to finish it. Cause like, I hate, I don't, I, I don't like to leave a book in the middle. So I'm just trying. Oh to my God. Yes. I totally get that. You've already invested time. You're like, screw it. Let me just finish this. But, um, yeah, you're a lean, mean reading machine. And I really am impressed by you. Um, so keep at it. And in the meantime, if you haven't already subscribed to us on Spotify and Apple podcasts, follow our Instagram at 16 and spill. And guys, you're going to be a little overwhelmed with content between this episode drop, um, covering the book review, a bonus spill such I have coming out with, um, Casey and Taylor, and then a couple other episodes I have, like, trust me, you guys will not be bored. So I love you, Sarah. I'll talk to you in five minutes. Bye guys. Bye guys. Thank you.